This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, there we are. I see those handsome devils. Uh, chat acknowledges. Thank you, that'll do. <laughs> yes, we're just like one minute early. Lucky you. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yancy Crochet. I'm joined by Marty Sleever. This is the true early access for people who were here two minutes early. Uh, my throat's still a little bit dicky from last week, but uh, I've got, I've got, I made myself some hot elderflower cordial. Well, oh, those are. That doesn't sound real. That sounds like a fantasy drink. That sounds like something you you drink in like a Dark Souls game. There wasn't any lemon juice in the fridge. All I could find was elderflower cordial. That's not good. So, uh, What's cordial? Like squash. Oh, okay. You know, Strange. the highly concentrated drink that you mix with water to make uh, a less concentrated drink. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, that's very exciting. I'm glad, I'm glad you. Well, I'm glad you didn't. You also told me you you almost choked to death on cornbread, which is uh, yeah, which not is probably a, why my throat hasn't healed so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, worst comes to it, I brought I brought out some of my singer's professional strength throat spray. Incredible! This is the shit I take to when I'm recording an audiobook for like six hours in the booth. Uh, I was going to say that I'm sure that could come in handy then. It's miraculous uh, stuff. Just a little squirt at <laughs> the back of the throat, and you're ready for another hour or so. Look at that. Perfect. It's like, you know, it's like green herbs in Resident Evil. It's implied yeah. that it's not, you know, fixing all the underlying damage, but it keeps you going until you can get proper, yeah. say, proper health. It's a, it's a, proper it's health a magic band-aid on a bullet wound. Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about comedy. In we games, are. specifically. Because I did a whole review of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands where I complain about how shit Borderlands games are at comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, you kind of, uh, a few months back, you injected an episode. I think it was while you were playing uh, the, the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, Security Breach game, mm. uh, sort of about uh, what that game did wrong in terms of stealth and sort of like looking at the genre of stealth sort of from a mile high view, but with the, uh, you know, with the context of that game. So I thought it might be fun for us to do the same thing with, with the game that you played recently and also didn't find very funny. That's fair enough. Well, it's probably we we'll probably start by repeating some of the things I've said before about comedy in games. Mm-hmm. Probably Please. the like the tentpole view I have is that comedy is something games find really hard to do well because the death of comedy, of course, is repetition. Mm-hmm. And what is game design if not the design of a looping, repetitive <laughs> gameplay loop? Yeah, especially in the uh, AAA scene. Like I think I've mentioned before, the big problem. Uh, when they try to do comedy is the Spider-Man syndrome where they where they think comedy is just quips. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, Hollywood movies seem to think comedy is just quips as well. Yeah, it's Especially funny. A lot of people days. think that the uh, the MCU, like the worst thing it's done to modern movies is introduce sort of the rapid fire quips. Like if we don't have a quip every yeah. 120 seconds, then we have to go back and rewrite the script. So what these comedy games tend to do is that they write like a pool of quips for characters to say in the middle of combat to mm-hmm. lighten the mood and bring across that comedy tone they were trying for. 
Yeah. But at the end of the day, what happens then is that you've heard the same quip 500 times over the course of the game and you want to kill yourself and the game, not necessarily in that order. Yeah. Yeah, and it almost seems like a, a, a the frustration is a product of also uh, the, the AAA feeling that they have to pad the game out and that the game has to be longer and has to have your attention and has to have more capital C content. And so the longer you're in that world, the more you're going to hear those same repetitive quips. Because the only way, like, uh, written uh, comedy quips and jokes are going to work is if they only happen once. Like, if you're playing Portal or Stanley Parable. Yeah. And uh, uh, because all the lines in those games don't repeat themselves, do they? This is why adventure games were always good at comedy back in the day, because, again, the jokes don't really repeat themselves. Like they do in, like, a repetitive gameplay loop. Yeah. So at at the end of the day, like... If you're just doing a game that's based around comedy writing, it's the same principle as comedy anything else, as long as you just don't repeat the jokes. Mm-hmm. Just try Yeah, and in those like those adventure games, like the only times you'd have something repeated is if you've exhausted someone's dialogue option. And at that point you're sort of you're sort of like, Oh, okay, well then I know I will never hear this again as long as I just don't talk to this person again. And so you're kind of in control over it, whereas, you know, random barks in the middle of combat or NPCs yeah. walking by you, um, you really don't have any control over. Well, that's the other thing, because uh, interactivity, of course, is a big part of video games. Yeah, it's it's what separates it from comedy movies and, and, and comedy books and TV. And what can really make comedy work really well is if the player feels they're like they're a participant in it. This is something mm-hmm. Portal and Stanley Parable do very well, because a lot of the humor in that game comes from responding to the player's actions. Mm-hmm. Like there's that bit in Portal 2 where you fall into a pit... And Stephen Merchant's character's voice goes, uh, did you find the portal gun down there? Also, are you alive? Yeah. Which was one of my favorite jokes from that game. Yeah. And Stanley Parable, of course, there's a bit where you walk into a broom closet and the narrator has to try to explain why you've walked into a broom closet and he ends up going Uh into this extremely long tangent where he assumes the main character has died. Yeah. (laughs) And he tries tries to call someone also in the house over to the computer to continue playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really excited that we're getting the new there's the the sort of the Stanley Parable remaster or whatever is coming to PC and all platforms um, just in a few weeks. So I'm I'm excited for hopefully more people to play that because I don't think it ever came to console. I think it was only ever on PC. Really? Well, yeah, that'd be a good time to check it out. Yeah, but the point is, comedy is there's an extra layer of comedy in video games when we feel like we've participated in it. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is why there's a lot of comedy in uh, games that can just be in slapstick things like um, shooting people and their head flies off. It's Mm -hmm. funnier when that happens in a video game. And the reason for that is because we, the player, are doing it. And so our own intention to do it forms the setup. Mm -hmm. Because you understand the formula of comedy is like setup, payoff. But But when your own intentions form the setup that's the unique uh comedy thread that video games can exploit so we think i'm going to kick this dude in the head and watch him sail off the cliff then we Mm -hmm. kick him and he flies off the cliff and then that's that's paid off the setup in your own head and it feels always to me like those are the things i remember in the games like rarely uh, oh, for example, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the game that came out like six months ago or whatever, um, it had a lot of those like aforementioned Marvel quips and that those. Game you know, was all... so 
talking. No one ever shut it, up. It and, was, and I mean, it's quite a impressive feat of writing. Yeah, because there's a lot of it. <laughs> the fact they just never shut up and they never really repeated themselves. There was, they had, it's like every single flag in the game's story had like a whole fucking conversation attached to it that the play characters would have after the fact. Yeah. And it, it, it was like borderline impressive of, of how much was written, but you know, like any comedy, it's kind of subjective and you, that stuff, even if I enjoyed it in the moment, none of it has stuck with me since then. Um, like I can't recall like a line that made me laugh, even though like I remember laughing while playing it. Whereas, um, Games, like you mentioned, where we are active participants in it, and the game mm. responds to my curiosity or like my weird thoughts, where it feels like a, you're you're like an, the game's like an improv partner that's saying yes and. Um, yeah. That's the stuff I remember, and that goes back, you know, d d decades. Like that's you know what what'll happen in Zelda if I if I slash my sword against this chicken enough, and then oh, all the chickens will come and attack me. It's another um, thing that uh, the really good adventure games were good at. Yeah, like yeah. They come up with silly or sarcastic responses to uh, specific things you could do if they were like the wrong thing to do. Yeah, rewarding like, you for thinking outside the box. Yeah, like the one that springs to mind for no particular reason is in Monkey Island, the first one, mm -hmm. where um, uh, you uh, you can pick up some other flowers in like the forest maze for some puzzle reason or other. And uh, once you picked up one flower for whatever purpose, then you try to pick up more. The main character goes, I don't think strolling through the forest picking flowers is the sort of activity I had in mind when I wanted to become a pirate. <laughs> and that's the sort of thing where, like, it almost, uh, it might take you out of the game for a second, but it gives you an appreciation. You're like, oh, okay, the creators of this game sort of thought through, well, what kind of stuff would the, would, would the players do? And and had a result for that, which is is in my opinion always uh, always really appreciated. Also, Slade Inspector Bull, we see your your super chats. Thank you so much. Um, and and as you guys know, in the back half of the episode, we will go through all of your amazing super chats and comments. Yes, this will usually mm -hmm. result in us discussing things that were already discussed ages ago. But that's the flaw in the flawed system. Found. It's a beautiful flawed system. Monkey Island and other LucasArts adventure games uh -huh. used to pull off like a running gag that I don't think any other medium could pull off, which was the sort of dialogue tree gag, where the text of the thing you clicked on in the dialogue tree was different to the thing the character said. Like, oh, um, okay, yeah. So there's a couple of bits where uh, someone threatens the main character, mm -hmm. or, the character, or the main character is confronting the villain or something, and then you have like four like very snarky, or like courageous responses you could say in response, but whatever you click on it, the main character just goes, uh, or something like that. <laughs> so it's more like reflecting the main character's like thought process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, like uh, uh, turning the idea of, well, like obviously I know what's gonna happen if I click this button on its head. It, it, mm. it uh, sub subverts your expectations. Uh, what is it about those, you know, when, when people think of, like, comedy writing in games, I feel like aside from Portal, uh, a lot of the ones that come to mind are those um, LucasArts slash Double Fine games, you know, mm. the, the Tim Schafer era of games ranging from, you know, uh, Maniac Mansion, Day of the Tentacle to the Monkey Island games, Grim Fandango, Psychonauts. Uh, what is it about the writing in those games um, 
you think that clicks in a way that, um, say, something like the the Borderlands or Tiny Tina writing doesn't for you? I think it just comes down to wit. And mm-hmm. that's just means that the writer has to be talented. Because I think I've said before, the writing in Borderlands games, the humor in that, it's very sort of machine produced humor mm-hmm. in the standard sort of Hollywood style where uh, it's more the humor of the way things are said. Uh, Tiny Tina's guilty of that, that character specifically. I mean, half their lines, it feels like they just try to make it funny by saying some of the words in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, uh, characters just try to create humor just by talking too much. Yeah. Uh, I've made the comparison before to the uh, Ghostbusters reboot, the all-female Ghostbusters reboot, where it was Uh uh, basically written by improv comedians, where they just figured, hey, let's just improv in every scene, and then we'll cut uh, the final dialogue out of that. And the end result is scenes that just go on way too bloody long and characters talking way too bloody much. When in the first Ghostbusters movie, you know, the humour came in, like, short, pithy remarks or pithy things that would happen. Yeah, it it feels like a recipe where in those classic movies, everything is added as it goes along. And so by the end, it's this like, you know, everything really congeals and and gels together. Whereas sometimes you get in modern AAA games, it feels like like the writing and and the the level design, the mechanical design and everything are completely disparate and then kind of just have to come together at a certain point. And so the those aforementioned quips don't really seem to directly highlight like what you are currently doing in the game and so they feel like different things and so they don't really click quippy comedy is what happens when you take the principle of if you just keep throwing stuff at the problem it'll fix it'll be fixed Mm -hmm. somehow so we can have a comedy line just by keep saying things Eventually something funny will happen. Whereas a joke in like the original Ghostbusters movie would be something like, um, the Ghostbusters are in a lift and one of them says, have these uh, devices been tested? And one of them will, will turn on one of the devices and it starts making very scary noises. And yeah. then the other two will sort of just silently move like one foot away from it. Sidestep, yeah. Yeah, that was a joke in the original Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. And it didn't require, you know, it to be pointed out with excessive dialogue at the end. Yeah, yeah. Do you think games are, especially AAA games, are at, at sort of at odds with comedy just solely based by their average length? Like, comedy for me is a hard thing to um, sustain over the course of hours, yeah. let alone dozens of hours. Well, as I say, it's the it's because the comedy has to infuse like repetitive gameplay, the, the constant uh-huh. uh, combat grind. If it was an adventure game or something like Portal, where it was just a constant procession of new scenes and new lines then uh well it would be a challenge but you could theoretically yeah. just write continually new comedy lines where it falls down in the triple a stuff with the grindy combat is where the lines just get too repetitive yeah and there's uh you know the the sheer um just video games as a whole by by their nature are um player driven and so you the player is in control of timing Whereas so much of comedy in movies or, or, or in, you know, literature or TV is is the author has their thumb on the timing. And so the timing can make the joke. And that's harder to do in a game when you have control of the camera and you have control over 
you know, when a combat scenario begins or ends or how quickly something goes or how, how fast you move through an area. So I, I, it's harder to have those kind of manicured moments in video games. That can be fixed with design. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I remember hearing that uh, for Portal and Portal 2, uh, Valve would have the writers, you know, learn a little bit of about uh, sound engineering and level design so that they could they could manually place where the jokes would happen because mm-hmm. the writers would have a much better idea of comic timing than like engineers and level designers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Portal, I think, works also specifically well because the game is built so um, I don't want to say episodically, but like. The, by virtue of a chamber, you can create the jokes and you have control over... You're, you're going to know when a player is going to leave the chamber. Yeah, it's linear. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's linear and compartmentalized where you don't get that in, you know, Skyrim or Witcher yeah. or sort of any of the modern AAA big old games. So that's why when I... I think that when you... If you're trying for comedy in something that isn't a strictly linear compartmentalized experience, like an adventure <laughs> game or a portal, then... It's a mistake to try to do it through dialogue alone. I think it sounds uh, like lowbrow, but I think slapstick is the best way to do comedy in a in a organic gameplay based experience. When I think I of comedy agree. in those sorts of games, I think of like playing Painkiller and you shoot an enemy with your stake launcher and all their arms and legs fly off. That's mm-hmm. that's evergreen humor. You can watch that a thousand yeah. times and you'll always laugh. Yeah. And it's something that you can't, again, that's like authored comedy that you don't get if you're reading a book or, or watching a movie. It is, you know, a, a, an effect to your cause. Hmm. Yeah, and I get a similar thing. Um, you know, any any game that can sort of have those sort of sandboxy moments, I think the Hitman games uh, are, are right for those kind of moments. Funny um, physics. Funny physics. Funny physics. The whole subgenre. Yeah, like I think like kills- that... So you kill a snake man in Dark Souls and like his yeah. corpse comes along with you for like a hundred yards. Yeah, that's that's the like I, I, there are so many unintentionally hilarious moments in Souls games and, and even in Elden Ring. And you, you see people, you know, crop them and share them out. And whether it's weird character builds or wonky physics or even the messaging systems in those games, like players have created their own comedy in games that have zero authored comedy. Like there is yeah. not a, I don't think there is a single joke in any of those games. Um, yeah, it really illustrates yet, how you can how you can really come across as trying too hard. Yeah, you know, just yeah. trying to infuse everything with comedy dialogue. I almost think. Do you remember the Deadpool game? Uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Nolan trying to North. be comedy, yeah. and it did a lot of quippy stuff, and like uh, repeating quippy dialogue in combat. But I, I, I genuinely think that sometimes that game could be funny just because you'd kill someone, and Deadpool would just go bananas. Yeah, <laughs> as he as he jumped over them to deliver the final blow. Yeah, but then I'm the sort of yeah. person who thinks like uh, stuff like Bottom is funny, which is like a British sitcom based largely around people twatting each other in the face with frying pans. There you I go. Think people people get sniffy about slapstick, you know. People go, oh, yeah. oh, how witty a frying pan in the face! But it takes a lot of work to perfectly time a frying pan take. Oh no, like, I I completely agree. Yeah, you got to get this the the wind up the comedy sound effect as it bounces off. It's a it's a sophisticated process, and it's also a comedy that like it's some of the first comedy that we as human beings gravitate towards because I feel like it's very much cartoon based comedy like Looney Tunes or 
you know, Tom and Jerry or any sort of those things. Like, I think they're heavily rooted in slapstick. It's and very, then, yeah, it's very instinctive slapstick. Yeah. There's something we yeah. find instinctively funny about it. So even when you're a little kid, you can like it. And, you know, people think it's like immature because mm-hmm. they're old enough to understand Swifty and Riposts. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? Uh, the, the, yeah. The frying pan gag, it's like the jump scare in a horror movie. It's not sophisticated, uh-huh. but if you can pull it off, it uh, it can really build the mood. Yeah, it gets the job done. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of, like, I, th- I think there's there's a lot of examples of slapstick done really well in a game, whether it's, you know, by virtue of the actual method of controls, like whether it's something like Octodad or Quop yeah. or Bennett Foddy's getting up. As I say, I fa- the fact that the player's controlling it sort of... Mm-hmm makes it a lot funnier for me because as i say the setup is within our own expectations yeah and you get those same things too with um multiplayer games uh that i don't think you would get i mean i guess you have like in a movie theater you can have sort of the the audience feeding off the laughter of the rest of the audience um but we've just sometimes it's just funny to blast something with a shotgun with like perfect timing yeah it's like absolutely guy guy appears around the corner you exchange glances, there's a brief yeah. moment of tension, and then you yeah. blow their head off with a shotgun. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. There's, a, there's a reason why our, our you know, uh, the, the game nights when we have a bunch of us at the escape is playing a game, whether it's, you know, Among Us or Gang Beasts or Fall Guys or a shooter or anything, um, that it usually just has us laughing and not taking it too seriously. And it's because those kind of moments can be bred by, yeah, like you said, those sort of random occurrences that are just very funny. Somebody want to find that sort of thing is sort of evergreen streaming material. You can always watch yeah, someone playing yeah. full, guys, because something funny might happen. Yeah, it's funny because it seems like the two big streaming things are horror and comedy. Like horror or like those sort of, you know, comedic moments. And it feels like those are the two, I don't know, like raw. Well, as I'm sort sure of... we're all aware, there's a lot of uh, connections between horror and comedy. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think what the connection is, is that horror and comedy are both... Um, emotional reactions that create a physical response yeah like uh like uh, the the jump scare makes us go Bleh! Mm-hmm. gives a little like emotional high and the frying pan in the face joke makes us like just go Puh! yeah it's uh yeah that's that's i guess that is those are probably the two things that that provoke like visceral reactions in us uh, do you think, have you, um, I don't know how much time you've spent in VR, but do you think there are things in VR that could be capable of sort of doing new methods of comedy that uh, just traditional gaming isn't able to do? Mm, I don't know. I mean, no like, I know we've had a like couple... FPS game, I'd have thought. Yeah, because we've had a couple attempts at, like, slapstick comedy in VR, like with Job Simulator and um, a couple of the games that, the, that one of the Rick and Morty guys, Justin Roiland, worked on. Um, but I'm just curious yeah. if that's like that sort of perspective shift would be able to create new opportunities for comedy that might not be present otherwise. Well, I guess it, it benefits from locking you in via you can't really get distracted yeah. by anything. So I'd say that mm-hmm. might be it. I think yeah. it's a lot of the humor in that was just like funny physics, as we've discussed before. Yeah, I think funny physics go a long way. Like it's mm. it's kind of incredible, like how how much mileage you can get on that. Yeah, like I almost think Dying Light Two had some tonal problems because if you drop kick people, they go flying like it's a Looney mm-hmm. Tunes cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's hard to take things seriously if you can do that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's almost like, oh, maybe the game should have leaned heavier into this, like had the entire thing and even the story be kind of silly and tongue-in-cheek like the certain yeah. right all combat is. Maybe Sunset Overdrive would have benefited from a bit more drop-kicking and a bit less fucking gags. I still like the gags in Sunset Overdrive. I still attest that you playing as the guy character ruined the game for you. Okay. Well, that, I'm, not that's, re- I I'm not going to replay it. I, uh, I don't. I don't expect you to. But that's just a hill. That's just one of the many hills I'll die on. Sunset Overdrive um, just really felt like a room full of forty-year-old pub producers trying mm-hmm. to create what twenty-year-olds think are funny these days. Yeah, they had their skateboards. They had their backwards hat. They had their yeah, energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. And I love that one bit where the main character is uh, trying to sell the virtues of quote rock music. Yeah. That's what the kids <laughs> like, isn't it? We have to kids put on a music. rock concert. Yeah. There's nothing more awesome than a rock concert, my dudes. <laughs> See, this all would have been different if you would have played as the uh, the female character. I don't think it would have been different. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling you would still not, very much not enjoy the game. Maybe you're just a big sexist. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, checks out. Yeah. Maybe you thought it was funnier with the lady because uh, you were feeling condescending towards them, and that's why it yeah. was funny. <laughs> you did it. You, you, this is, I like slightly something else because it's just a therapy session. That's why I like it. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you think about the games that have uh, uh, sort of developed a cult of quirk around them? Um, I know the one, one that's very near and dear to me is Earthbound. I know one that's very near and dear to you is Undertale. I think those are two games that a lot of people point to. There's a whole thread of those games, isn't there? There's Earthbound, there's Undertale, there's Lisa the Painful. There's that Omori game that people keep telling you to play. It's the sort of Mm -hmm. retro, slightly janky-looking RPG with the sort of uh, Charlie Brown and Snoopy aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. And the writing all has like a, a similar, like silly surreal off kilter but oftentimes like very truthful nature to it yeah almost like um nostalgic mhm sort yeah. of um universally nostalgic feel to it yeah uh, but that's juxtaposed against horror horrific elements like you know lovecraftian monsters and rpg combat yeah, and it's funny because a lot of those games, it feels like trace their DNA back to Earthbound, which is in itself an extremely nostalgic game. Like the game yeah. is like rooted in in homebound nostalgia and even like Americana nostalgia, which is funny coming from you know, sort of an outsider's view of Americana nostalgia coming from a Japanese team. There's another example of that. Uh, Swery's games, Deadly Premonition, particularly, very much mm-hmm. is a sort of outsider's Japanese person's view of nostalgic Americana. And a lot of people find that game pretty funny, at least when it until it gets to the rape jokes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I guess that's the thing with comedy, right? Is like everyone has a line or a, a certain point where you're like, "Well, okay, this isn't quite for me." Hmm. Uh, yeah, and you're a big fan of like even you know you said Sweary <laughs> and, and and Suda's games, and those games hmm. have their all their own sort of. I just um, love how like out there they can be. I just love the swerve into nonsense that Suda Five One's games often take. I mean, in Killer Seven. Uh, you fight someone on a bridge uh, where the fight is basically just how many times can you shoot within a time limit. And that's all that matters. And then when you kill them, a giant stone head falls from the ceiling and crushes them. Why does that happen? Yeah. I don't know, but I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's certain you know, it's just like uh, I don't know, humor is like what, like a, it's like a flavor of ice cream. Like certain people are gravitated towards certain things, and certain people will take a lick and be like, "Well, oh, this isn't for me at all." So, well, that sounds like a concluding statement. So I get it. <laughs> let's do some super chats. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. They're, they're coming in. I like to switch to Super Chats uh, to a slightly awkward mid-conversational moment because they often drive discussion, I find. I think it's perfect. And also, if we go too long, then we end up accidentally covering the topics from the early Super Chats and without realizing it. And yeah. Then we mock people. And that's not okay. good. No one yeah. wants to get mocked. Well, you say that, but they keep coming back to get mocked by me. Some people just uh, <laughs> like having that sort of uh, S&M sort of relationship. <laughs> <clears throat> Slade plays games gives 10 US dollars to say I don't get to catch these I don't get to catch these live because of work but where do you think the weirdest place is that people listen to your podcast stroke content I listen to it while running a drill rig thanks for the lulls oh that's neat well, um, I, would, I wouldn't know I did once excuse me I did once get an email from uh, a military sergeant who was uh, deployed to the Middle East who said that he often oh. used my videos to cheer up his soldiers when they were missing home. Oh. and uh, I feel he, like that would make me crack under pressure. <laughs> yeah. He said some slightly hyperbolic things. Or he said, yeah. like, I generally think you might have saved some goddamn lives, Crochaw. <laughs> and I was like, jeez, <laughs> all right. Well, okay, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I don't, you would have to ask the audience. Yeah, if they I know. Weird uh, places. I had uh, on, on podcasts I used to be back on, or used to be on back in the day, uh, we had two people who worked at NASA and listened. And they would be like, oh, we would listen and laugh while like we were like monitoring the space shuttle. And I was like, don't do that. Focus on the space shuttle. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's more important. I'm sure a lot of people listen on the can, a lot of can listeners. Well, I wonder if it's like uh, childbirth, because speaking as the dad, there's a lot mm -hmm. of hurrying up and waiting in the process of childbirth. Mm -hmm. I mean, people will say, "What you played a you played a game on your Switch while waiting for your wife to give birth? You're some kind of monster!" Not realizing there yeah. was like four hours in there while she's like exactly. sleeping off the epidural. Yeah, and yeah, and it's not like the Switch. Like it's not like you're you're putting on a VR helmet and like, well, I'm turning off society now for the next twenty minutes, and, yeah. and no one will be able to to pull me out of it. <clears throat> Uh, Spectre Bull gives two dollars and says, "Would you consider the Lego games as comedy games?" Well, yeah, because that's very much what they're going for, isn't it? I was playing the the yeah. new one, Lego Star, Star Wars. Wars. Go yeah. And I started playing it, and it was just, you know, going through the plot of Star Wars, but with jokes. Uh -huh. And I was like, I've been here so many times before, and this is just making me depressed. Uh -huh. I've seen the Robot Chicken parody of Star Wars. I've seen the Family Guy parody of Star Wars. I saw the one yeah. with the thumbs. Thumb uh -huh. Wars, yeah. There was yeah. Spaceballs, yeah. I'm really fucking sick of going through this plot again. Even I was I was waiting. I thought there was going to be a but. 
I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was just you were just sick of it. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, but then no, I got no. the one joke that I really liked. Uh, no, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I think the writing of the game is actually pretty clever, uh, and I haven't, I wasn't a fan of like the the robot chicken or, or those old parodies. So yeah, um, I seem to remember a lot of Lego uh, versions of things have had good jokes. Lego Batman was pretty funny. I haven't seen. Yeah, that yeah. And they have a good, uh, good mix of uh, kind of physical um, slapsticky comedy along with yeah. like pretty decent writing. So um, especially like for games geared towards kids, um, mm. like I, I don't know, in terms of like in the realm of, of quote unquote kids games, I think you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, it is mostly like they do physical humor very well, but there's mm -hmm. I remember there was one line in I, like I heard a clip of the first Lego movie. And just and uh, it was like the line that ended the clip, and it just made me go, <laughs> just sort of instant laugh, like a frying well, pan joke. There you go. I think it was the line where I think it was like a Gandalf-like character was saying, "We know this prophecy to be true because yeah. it rhymes," <laughs> and that made and that just made me laugh from the way yeah. he delivered it. I give you a chortle. <clears throat> Blue McNeil gives five dollars and says, "Games that reward clever ideas with comedy are just as entertaining as in-game rewards for creativity." I often mm -hmm. think of what pumpkin point-and-click comic. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either, but um, absolutely agree. Blue McNeil um, games yeah. that like we were talking sort of the the improv partner of of yes and in games of like, well, what if I do this and then something silly yeah. happens. There's a lot of room for comedy in adventure games because I happened to, mm -hmm. I used to make adventure games, of course. And uh, if you could think of a combination of things that did make sense and you had to sort of uh, come up with some specific dialogue for it because, you know, it makes sense. It's not the thing you want them to do, but it makes sense for them to try that. Yeah. Like there was a game called Simon the Sorcerer that had a voiceover okay. by Chris Barry who played Rimmer in Red Dwarf. Mm. And uh, he had a really good line delivery, but uh, one of the inventory items was just a, like an entire live pig. And if you were doing that thing where you were just trying everything on everything to find the way forward in the game, like uh -huh. I, I ended up trying eat pig, to use the eat verb on the pig. Yeah. And the main character goes, uh, fine, just find me some applesauce first. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't the thing we had to do, but it was a little secret joke you wouldn't have found otherwise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you have, you know, five items and one is the thing you need to open the door, if the four other things all give you unique sort of mm. goofs based on how silly it is that you tried to use a turnip as a key. Because mm. <clears throat> you just don't, you don't want to just hear, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't no. work, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you're just going to claw your eyes out. Uh, Metal Gear Luke gives $5 and says, Good instance of immersion and comedy, Deus Ex, player being reprimanded for going into the ladies' bathroom. I think it was the unexpected factor of that being of that reprimand that made it fun yeah. for a lot of people. Especially for something, I mean, I guess at the time there probably wasn't a lot of that, but whereas now, like, you've played a million games that have bathrooms and you go into each of them and you open the stalls yeah. and try to get your items or whatever, so... Yeah. Um, Games cool. have the ability to to give you a reaction to something you've done in a million other games, and for the first time, be like, "Oh, finally, a game like acknowledged that we do yeah. this." It's calling out something that we've just accepted as the standard behavior for what we're doing now. Like when you, like in Zelda: Wind Waker, where you go into that dude's house and break his pots, and he goes, "What the hell yeah. are you doing? Those are expensive yeah. pots. You're gonna have to pay for those now." Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, I've done this in like uh, seven games before this, and just now I'm being yelled at." 
Dr. Yeah, Wolfstar yeah. gives $5 and says, I'll never understand the guy who makes videos talking really fast and uses a lot of words to criticize video games, criticize games for talking too much. Oh, I'm being called out. But <coughs> you were also given $5 for it, so. Well, yeah, so who's, who's, who's laughing now, Dr. Wolfstar? You're laughing all the way to the bank. But not to sound like I'm being defensive or anything, but I think the thing about Zero Punctuation is that it's a fast-paced video essay, and talking mm -hmm. a lot is kind of the only string to my bow there. Mm -hmm. And Borderlands can do so much more than just talk at us. Yeah. We don't have the ability to play your extra punctuations or your zero punctuations. There's no interactivity with them, whereas in games yeah. there absolutely are. Like I said, there's that uh, bit in Borderlands uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands that made me laugh, because it wasn't done with just, like, quips it was done with visuals mm -hmm. it was the bit where you blow up the ocean in that game oh yeah 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 and i was like oh that's it was funny there was this, there's all these rockets taking off and um there's a massive mushroom cloud and it's just the sheer audacity of it made it funny for me yeah yeah exactly exactly uh we have two early access comments well well uh, one comment and scooby slayer welcome to early access and then space solar uh, has been a member for four months using their comment to say, just the thought, what about emergent comedy from weird design quirks? Like when you do a Skyrim quest, make the quest giver, give a follower, and then kill the woman he loves with him, uh, kill the woman he loves with him. You know, comedy. Like when you do a Skyrim quest, make the quest well, that giver. that doesn't sound very funny follower. at all. No, I think emergent comedy, I mean, that's, I think emergent comedy goes hand in hand with a lot of the stuff we were talking about, about like, the game reacting to your weird decisions. Mm. Um, there's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm replaying Link's Awakening now, and there's a, there's a shop, and in the game you can try to steal things from the shop. And if you, like, take an item and don't pay it and just try to walk out, he'll tell you, like, hey, you have to come here and pay for it. But if you're able to make it out, you get the item, but the next time you go in, he shoots a lightning bolt at you and just kills you. And mm. so that's, like, the sort of, like, oh, okay, the game... Thought, like the designers thought five steps ahead of this, which which makes those things work a little bit better. You know, for some reason, I'm thinking of that scene in the first Austin Powers movie where the dude who was basically odd job throws a shoe mm -hmm. at Austin Powers' head, and Austin Powers goes, "Oh, why do you throw a shoe? Who, <laughs> who throws, throws a shoe? shoe? <laughs> you fight like a girl." <laughs> His name was Random Task in the movie, by the way. Odd job was Random Task. That know. is an example of not Austin a good Powers. joke. <laughs> that was not a very good joke. Try harder, Mike Myers. Carlyle <laughs> uh, Hanoud gives five Canadian dollars and says, "Just showing support." Thank you very oh, much, Carlyle Hanoud. Matthew Muir gives five Canadian dollars and says, "What would you say is key to good video game parody? What would you say is the difference between a comedy game and a parody game?" Um. Well, comedy game. I'm trying to think. Is... Of what are parody games like Duke Nukem? No, not Postal? really. A parody game would be, well, I think of Sunset Overdrive and that bit where uh, just this one cutscene springs to mind where we're talking to someone over the like the earpiece and then uh, one of the other characters says, um, but how are we hearing your voice when none of us are holding a radio or wearing an earpiece? Yeah, yeah. There's just a little lampshade hang. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. A, that's parodying something. Mm-hmm. Parodying, like, another video game, as opposed yeah. to parodying, like... Because uh, Sunset Overdrive also has, like, every time you respawn, it's a different animation, and it's generally an animation pulled from, like, 
you stepping out of the phone booth from Bill and Ted or mm. uh, you sort of warping in like the Terminator. So I mentioned Lego Star Wars might be a parody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Parody seems like a weird thing where it's like you you know it. Your parody is like porno. Well, par- well, you, you parody, is, parody is specifically something that imitates something and to comic effect. Yeah. Sort of like satire, but more loving. Whereas Lego Star Wars doesn't feel like a parody because it's just retelling the Star Wars, but in its with its own spin on it. I guess a parody video game would be something like... Well, no one's going to know this, but there was a game I played on the Amiga called Wibble World Giddy that was a spoof on Fantasy World Dizzy. That's okay. the only one. I don't, know, I don't know either of those. That's the only one I can think of right now. Yeah. Like, is, uh, would, like, the South Park games that are clearly, like, takes on Final Fantasy, like the South Park, the Stick of Truth, which is obviously oh, its go- own. Oh, I've got one. There was a game called Pist, P-Y-S-T. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, the Mist. Uh, which was a, Mist parody. Which was a yeah. parody of Mist. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Huh. That's funny. Uh, Gabriel Vargas, welcome to bonus content. And uh, Krogotron, been a member for nine months, saying, what is your proudest gaming achievement? Uh, be getting the proper ending in Cave Story, I think. Ooh. With no that's help. A good one. That's, that's extremely difficult. I, had, I was very bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. My, 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 I uh, I played I played through all of Dark Souls one um, before release, and like that was my first Souls game, and it was there was no guides or wikis. I was literally writing the guides and wikis, um, and so be, being able to finish that game felt like climbing a mountain. Which is funny now because I think we talked about how the original Dark Souls almost feels like a comfort food game. Like going mm. back to it is like so like simple and nice and relatively easy. Well, let's keep hammering through these because I'm losing yeah. my voice again. Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros and says, Surgeon Simulator cracked me up hard, at least for the first ten minutes. Max Payne 3 has those funny physics too. Hoping the remakes will have similar physics. Oh, yeah, I heard they were remaking the first two. Yeah, and, and Remedy's handling it, and like Rockstar's giving them some money. They said it's going to be in the control engine. Um, mm-hmm. That could be good. Yeah. I imagine. I think that could, that could that could work, and I I feel like those physics are like a key part of Max Payne. I don't think you can make them without it. So. Hmm. Um, Mayhem gives ten years a lot. Says hello. I am Yahtzee Crowshaw, and I think Dark Souls is overrated. Real comment. Someone comes in and is being too zany right away. It makes it hard to become endeared to them. Needs to be a payoff. Well, well illustrated, Mayhem. Coming in with a little <laughs> zany comment there. So should the comment have been at the end? Should he had the real comment first and then hello, I'm Yossi Kroshaw at the end? Yeah, I think he should have set it up as a standard comment and then made me say that bit at the end yeah, as a yeah. sort of left turn. But we were able to deconstruct your message, so that 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 means a lot. That's always, always end on the funny bit. That's why it's called a punchline. You deliver it like a punch. You deliver it and run away. At least that's how I deliver punches. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Alan Tukosh gives ten dollars says do you like did you like the comedy in the south park games they had the advantage of established character stroke world how does comedic writing in books differ from games i could listen to yards talk writing all day well hopefully not because i might lose my voice (laughs) (coughs) 
I liked the uh, I, I liked the two South Park uh, RPGs, the Stick of Truth and the Fractured Butthole. Well, they, were like, precise, not... they were precisely as funny as South Park the show because they were made by the same guys. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I thought it did certain things like that that sort of uh, skewered video games and and made sort of funny comments on on genres of games uh, in mm. in some pretty insightful ways. Yeah, you some can tell they. You could tell they actually had some insights and love of video games because they were. Yeah, like, whereas a lot of times comedy and video ga- or comedy about video games comes from people that it feels like don't understand video games. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, one of my favorite gags is in the, the um, stick of truth is is when you go to Canada, and it yeah. turns into like a top down eight bit RPG, which I find really funny. I think the second game suffered a bit because it relied more on knowledge from having watched the show than the first game did. Yeah, it almost felt like it was like in between two seasons, and I definitely stopped mm-hmm. watching the show by then. So, well, anyway, Chaos Chris mm-hmm. gives ten dollars and says, "Drop kicking money towards the bucket, the bucket." Hell yeah! Thank you. So where my Much accent tends to come in when I say words like <laughs> bucket. Every now and again, I I don't catch myself in time, and I say bucket. <laughs> my uh, my mother's North of England accent creeping in. Andrew Bedwell gives five British pounds, says, Yati, have you read, stroke, are you aware of the work of Jason Pargin, a.k.a. David Wong? And if so, were you a fan? Think you have similar comedy sensibilities. Ah, now he's the author of John Dies at the End. Am I right? Oh, okay. I have read that. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the movie. Like it. Oh, really? Yeah. I wish someone would make a movie out of my books. <laughs> uh, are you a fan? Yeah. I mean, you, re- yeah. you read the books. So. Uh I don't remember much about it. He did a lot of horror comedy stuff. And I, uh, yeah, I guess it was fine. Uh, I don't remember reading the book and going, wow, I need to be really enthusiastic about this author from now on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pearson Cashlack gives $2 and says, can you recommend any good horror comedy games? House of the Dead Overkill. Dead Overkill, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, I think the first Dead Rising had some some silly mm. comedy bred from situations. Yeah, sort of in a sort of po-faced kind of way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, like Day of the Tentacle. I don't. I wouldn't really count that as horror, but mm. it, had a, it had a tentacle. It had some like dark themes. Yeah. Yeah, there was stuff like Lollipop Chainsaw didn't really do anything for me. And I know uh, that was trying to be a, a horror comedy. I wouldn't say it was horror. I guess it, yeah. it was horror in the sense monsters, that, you know, you know, Halloween stores are horror. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see they're making a spirit Halloween movie? Oh, God, I wish I hadn't. Yeah, they are. So, And Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future is going to be in it. So, finally. Huh. Movies are complete. Espius Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, just have a ventriloquist Jimmy Carr dummy companion in every game who constantly tells offensive jokes and annoys you with his distinctive laugh. Well, I don't think oh, that perfect. would work very well at all, Espius Guru 2000. <laughs> just refreshing the page. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill Price Nicholson gives two British pounds, says, are there any good background visual gags in games? Oh, God. Um, tell you, I'm, tell you the one Tell you the one I remember was uh, in No One Lives Forever. Okay. Which was one of the earliest, like, straight comedy uh, games. Yeah, yeah. That's a good 
So that's a good one we haven't brought up yet. Yeah. But I remember uh, there's a sewer level where if you like turn around at the start, there's like a like some bars, and if you look through the bars, there's a plaque on the wall that says "Mandatory FPS Sewer." And yeah, mm. it's a cliche now, but it was funny at the time. Yeah, this was, yeah. This was in like the late nineties mm-hmm. or early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a that's a pretty good goof. I know the uh, uh, Paper Mario games Ooh, seem yes. to be like to me those are the Mario games or the Nintendo games even that generally have the the highest level of, of comedic writing, um, and those do a lot with sort of strange npcs and background goofs and even how they present the battles themselves like in thousand year door you're sort of on a stage with an audience cheering or booing you Um, i love how irreverent those games are under the mario license yeah and they're able to like mock the characters and like the traditional mario games in a way that like 3d mario kind of takes itself seriously which is funny for a game that's about like a big italian dude chasing a dinosaur maybe that's why nintendo put the kibosh on it yeah. Well, we got one two years ago. It wasn't very good, though. I liked it. I think I just like things. Yeah. Maybe I just have. Maybe possible. I just have very low. Uh, yeah, you got uh, a problem there, man. You like liking things? That's got, could be a sign of bigger problems. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, Michael Broadman gives five US dollars. Says comedy in games is like comedy in music. Fine if done well, but totally unnecessary. It's not a requirement. Glad you're feeling better, Yahtzee. Well, don't count your chickens. Unless you're Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> then comedy and music is required. Um, but if you can also, put it off, it's it's doubly good. It is doubly good, but if you stumble, then it's pretty bad. Hmm. It's, if you if you try comedy and music and it doesn't go well, then yeah, oh, it God. does not uh, does not come across well. And there was like some Australian guys who did like a parody of um, the Lonely Island "I'm on a Boat" video. God. Which is already a, a joke. A parody. It's yeah. like a joke on a joke. What are we doing? But they did it like I'm on a goat, and they just replaced the boat with a goat, and it was really, really stupid. Just didn't give, really, didn't give any thought into that, did they? They were just no. like, "Well, boat sounds like goat, so let's let's roll with that." Wow. <clears throat> that just made me sad. Uh, we also have a pair of uh, member comments. Chaos Chris been a member for 23 months, saying I enjoy uh, mocking while working on ACs. So I think uh, they, he works on air conditionings. And uh, uh, apparently that's that's when Chaos Chris listens. So there you go. All right, then. And, and then Troll Monkey, been a member for 18 months, says, Love your books, Yahtzee. Thanks for the good reads. You're uh, welcome. Perfect. Phil up gives 15 Norwegian kroners. Always raises a smile, that name, doesn't it? <laughs> says, Comedy seems to live or die based on timing. The only game that has made me literally laugh out loud is Stanley Parable. Yeah, yes. I'm. Gonna, oh, I also see we have a Stanley Parable comment coming out. Yeah, I'm really excited for more folks to to experience Stanley Parable, the the whatever complete definitive edition when it comes. It's coming yeah. to I think all the platforms. Um, well, can play like right now on Steam if you want. Yeah, if you take but this one's fancier, okay. even more Stanleys. Hundred <clears throat> percent more Stanleys. Master Clive's the highest air gives two euros. Says Lego Movie is better than it has any right to be. Oh well, right then. Yeah, I thought the Lego movie was extremely clever. Alex C gives six ninety nine Canadian says, "Does the Stanley Parable stand out as a humorous game? Will you be doing a ZP on the Ultra Deluxe version?" Yes and no, Alex C. Did you review the original one back in the day? I didn't you know? think I did. I might have done. Yeah, it you would have been doing this because that would have been like twenty thirteen, maybe twenty. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do I'm like sure we'll a, be covering it somewhat. Did I do like a double bill episode? I don't think I did like a... No, I don't think I did. Yeah, I do, I, it doesn't seem like the kind of game you would do a full, especially at the time, do a full no, review no. on. So, yeah. It is uh, a walking simulator. Yes, but a clever one. Andrew Hickeybottom gives two British pounds, says, I need scissors at 61. Kojima D. Ah, Kojima comedy. Uh, I think the Metal Gear games are ripe with comedy. Um, yeah, a lot of it comes from you never know how serious Hideo Kojima is taking it. Yeah, you don't know if he's like, like if he understands how nonsensical and silly the things he makes are, or see, if the humor yeah. comes from him just being 100% in on it. See, that's what Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance got wrong. Yeah. They were they were trying to recreate the Hideo Kojima nonsense, but they were, forgot to take themselves seriously while doing it. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the Kojima difference. Yeah. Yeah, you think Kojima's been doing it since, you know, the, the fact of getting into a box to hide right in front of an mm -hmm. enemy or throwing, like, a, a nudie mag at, at, at guards to get them distracted or um, peeing in the snow. A lot, of, a lot of weird things you could do in this game. Good games. Uh, James Tarn gives five British pounds. Says my personal favourites are when funny situations emerge from gameplay. Games with a lot of moving parts like Dwarf Fortress are good for that. Mm -hmm. Good for uh, bugs as well, James Tarn. And maybe that's also like <laughs> humour coming from there. Like I feel like uh, certain Bethesda games get a pass on their bugs mm. because they lead to humorous situations. Yeah, I was playing uh, Weird West last week and... Uh, mm -hmm. That's a very buggy game because of all the yeah. underlying systems at work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's certain uh, games... I was, I was trying to do a side quest in that game, and I went to the town where the side quest was, and instead of the side quest giver, there was just a chair with the side quest symbol hovering over it. it did the chair give you a side quest? No. It completely, oh, that would have been very it funny. It completely the... bugged out. Yeah, that's not good. Couldn't even do that <laughs> quest because the chair wouldn't talk to me about it. Yeah. <clears throat> A storyteller because teller was taken gives five British pounds and says off topic how about a new judging by the cover on music judge songs by the cover songs that came after them no I will not be doing that storyteller because teller was taken thanks for the money though that is a clever idea though hang on I think I need a spray Just give yourself a little spritz Look at that! You guys got oh, you guys yeah. got some hot spray footage for free. All you don't natural, get that often. all natural ingredients. Is it like honey? Does that have a flavor? Does it have a taste? Is it minty? Tastes of um, aniseed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it contains licorice root. Oh, there you go. Huh. Uh, Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros. Says MGS two had an absurd amount of humorous Easter eggs. Characters reacting to you crawling on the women's bathroom floor or staring at toilets made me smile. Yep. That's how all the Metal Gear Solid games did. Like, you could call your friends on the codec call while you're doing something really weird. Yeah, and they'd be like, why are you calling me right now? Like, yeah. you're being weird. Yeah. And uh, so however weird you thought it was, Kojima was equally as weird because he thought of having yeah. a conversation about it. Yeah. Great guy. Love it. <clears throat> Ricky gives five Canadian dollars. His best example of a game that made me laugh a lot is Earthbound. Excellent writing. Keeps the game funny until the end where it becomes a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just juxtaposition. Yeah, that's... I think a lot of funny things get extremely serious at the end. Um, 
and and by then you've you've spent enough time with the people to where you actually care about them when they're put in perilous situations and i think earthbound and um mother three do that really well hmm. earthbound's great big fan of earthbound uh john Ilay gives 9.99 us says jazz punk is maybe the funniest game i've played in terms of absurdist comedy any experience uh-huh. with that one is it too deconstructed stroke low budget to be considered i've never played that oh i think jazz punk is absolutely <laughs> wonderful john i think yeah i i completely agree with you and it's i think it's deconstruction slash low budget is the stuff that helps the game uh jazz punk is a uh a, a, I guess also sort of like spreads off from the walking simulator roots of the tree um but is just like a completely absurd um kind of detective story uh with really uh really funny colorful strange visuals and just a lot of uh visual and interactive gags uh big fan of it yeah and two other games that well i guess i don't know why jazz punk reminded me of it but uh a game that i find continually funny is katamari damasi mm. and uh Part of it is like there are those like cutscenes that play in between levels that are a little bit like strange and absurd and funny, but the oh, I love just, the King of Old Cosmos. Okay, yeah, such, just like he's such a, a weird, completely strange character. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, even just the act of like when it's like oh, you rolled up ten pigs, or you get to a certain point in a level, and it's like oh, your Katamari is the size of forty-seven lollipops. Um, that kind of stuff always gets to me. Could you take over reading the super chats? I think I need some voice for tomorrow's stream. Gladly. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Enjoyer, thank you so much for the donation, says, Marty, did you watch uh, the anime Gintama? It's uh, Borderlands slash uh, DNF comedy, and the writer was talented, not accurate, unlike DNF. You can get the joke slash reference most of the time. Uh, I have not watched uh, Gintama. uh, I've I've heard um of it i know a lot of folks have recommended it to me um but i i have never and i'm assuming yahtzee also hasn't because you're you're probably not that much of a weeb you're, you're just like a, a miniature weeb well i do intend to play that 13 sentinels game today um, <sighs> you're, weeb. you're gonna you're gonna weeb out oh man you're gonna go full weeb this is gonna be great uh metal gear luke thank you so much for the donation says yahtzee how did you find your footing in comedy to paraphrase when uh and how did you pick up your style when where and how I guess it was just from watching a lot of British comedy growing up. Mm-hmm. Stuff like uh, Blackadder, Red Dwarf, Father Ted, mm-hmm. at, uh, Bottom, as I said. I don't know. It's just all the influences you pick up over the many, many years of your developmental time. Yeah, I think I think your personality and humor, like the 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 royal your um is is kind of glommed together from people you meet and things you've seen and watched and played and and read so mm. it's like a big little it's like your own personal katamari ball it's not like a lightning bolt out nope. of nowhere no you don't just get hit with like the the, the funny bolt yeah um i'm sure someone's gotten hit with a funny bolt it probably happens in like shitty biopics yeah they just go oh i need some inspiration for my next idea for a hit song Oh, what's that you found there? It's um, a t-shirt with the word Rhapsody on it. My, what a bohemian <laughs> thing to wear. Uh, it's sad, but that was probably a scene in that movie. So, yeah, that checks out. Uh, Leonard, suck your buck. Uh, thank you so much for the dono. Says, uh, hey, Yahtzee, are there any games you put into your top five, but afterwards you didn't think it deserved to be ranked so high? Um... Mm. 
Well, there's a lot of games that I just put in the top five because it wasn't that great a year. Yeah. You got, you got to put something in there. Sure, sure. I think there's also, um, there's games that are like amazing because they do something new. And then 10 years later, you've seen that thing done a million times that mm. that newness kind of, if, you, if you're not in the mindset of the time, it feels less special. Hmm. Um, like, I think a lot of people felt that way about, like, Gone Home being one of, like, the earliest kind of walking simulators. And you were, like, it felt very new and unique and different. Um, but now it feels like in the time since then, there's a lot of games that have done it, but better. So, yeah. Uh, Brad Levick, thank you so much for the donation, says the gags in Yakuza work precisely because Kiryu isn't trying to be funny at all, or isn't trying to be funny all the time. Uh, any other games come to mind when the humor comes from a straight man contrasted with absurd situations? Well, that was always Leslie Nielsen's thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he, yeah. He used to be like a straight actor in like Forbidden Planet and films like that. Mm -hmm. But then he did Airplane and it was discovered he had the most natural voice for deadpan in the history of anything. Yeah. So that was so then all he ever did was silly uh, spoof movies, which you don't really see anymore, do you? Movies in the sort of naked gun, hot shots sort of No, not really. Sort of and those vein. seem to be so, even like the Mel Brooks movies, they seem to be so popular for a while. And I guess we don't really get those anymore. I guess everything is almost, is it maybe because comedy is in like a part of everything. So hmm. we get less like a dedicated action comedy because all comedies are action or all action movies are action comedies. I don't know if it's humor, but I always think the Witcher games benefit from the main character being such a straight arrow throughout it all. Yeah, compared to all the like complete chaos and nonsense going on around him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Uh, Long Dong Silver, just a top 10 name, uh, says, Did you ever play Toonstruck? If so, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, I did play it. it was, was that an adventure game? Yeah, surprisingly high production value. It was like. Okay. Uh, Christopher Lloyd was in it. They were doing. Okay. Like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? the adventure game where you uh, you played Christopher Lloyd who was an animator who'd been sucked into a big cartoon world and had a lot of like top tier voice talent and some really good animation oh and, yeah Christopher uh, Lloyd yeah Tim Curry Dan Castellaneta who voices Homer yeah oh. a lot of people yeah I wonder if that, I wonder if a game like that would hold up um, whatever 25 some years later I remember it being kind of short but then yeah that was that was like you know high production value adventure games for you yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Zararthur, uh, with uh, the dono, thank you so much, said, I tried roasting sesame seeds on a pan, but they got stuck on it in the form of Pac-Man. I should have used a waka waka walk. This is how you do comedy in video games. It's very I, good. Well, I hate to differ, Zararthur. <laughs> I think that's how you do comedy in Super Chats. I, I think that's, that's how, I don't know if it would work yeah. in video games. But. I'm not sure that's how you do comedy anywhere. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Black Darkness 666 with a dono. Thank you so much. Says, do you think Guest House Paradiso is funny as BTTM? As bottom. Dunno. As bottom. Um, I didn't like it so much. I think it was right a bit too much on gross out humor. I think the live shows were better, at least early on. Okay. In I'm references. I'm very glad you knew what that was because I most certainly did not. Uh, Tempest, 2004, with a dono, says, My first uh, live slate is something else, coming in late on my lunch, but thanks for everything. Thank you, Tempest. You're welcome, 
Tempest. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Guy on Couch, thank you so much for the donation. Says, saw your Stranger of Paradise review. I liked it quite a bit more than you. Regardless, I found it quite hilarious. Telling a boss to F off is funny. Well, that's one moment you can cut out and make a meme out of, but then you have to deal yeah. with the rest of the game, don't you? <laughs> oh, Square, what is happening to you? Good question. Uh, Perhaps we should yeah. address that in a future... Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Dimitri, thank you so much for the donation, says, what would your guys' favorite example of comedy in setting a la Conkers or Saints Row 4 as opposed to just comedy and dialogue like Sacred 3? Well, Saints like Row 4 is pretty, Saints Row 4 is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, like comedy, yeah. like infusing the whole thing rather than just having comedy dialogue over an otherwise completely straight game like Sacred 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the Donut County. Did you ever play Donut County? Yes. I remember thinking yeah. how Katamari Damacy was so much better than this and I should be playing yes. Katamari Damacy now instead. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Um, but if you've, if you've exhausted your Katamari Damacy... Um, yeah, I liked I liked the setting of Tony uh, County. I also think one of the games we haven't mentioned at all uh, that I think should get a shout out in in a couple of these things were uh, It Takes Two. Not necessarily because of the writing, but I think that is a great example of humor through play. Yeah, I think the dialogue was a bit overdone in that game. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of funny moments, like when you were tearing the elephant apart. What a jolly yeah. day that was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nick still brings it up. Uh, Quite often, and again, that's one of those games that you're you're probably experiencing it with someone, a, a mm. friend or a, a family member or something, and so it's a it's a little shared experience. Uh, Will Cooling, thank you so much for the dono. Says, uh, what was uh, the image you removed from last week's CP? There wasn't actually an image. That was the joke. I just put up a. That's the joke. I was just describing something offensive, so I just put up an image saying we removed this image because it was offensive, and that in itself yeah. was the joke. But there was never an original image. Little glimpse behind the curtain there. <sighs> How the sausage is made. Lovely. Uh, Sal DeLoyne says, uh, thank you so much for the donation, says, a game that is very silly humor took me to beat, but what it was fun. Have you tried it? What? What? A game that is very silly humor took time to beat, but it was fun. Have you tried it? Did you forget to say the name of the game there, Sal DeLoyne? I, I, I believe so. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look to see if there was a... Uh... Oh, West of Loathing. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think I did try that. But yeah, it's very 2000s webcomic style of humor, that game. Yeah, I know it had a, like a really big following though, right? For for yeah. quite a while and it was built on for a while. Um, yeah, I never I never quite got into it, but I, I know some people who very much love it. So there you go, West of Loathing. Uh, Hunter Shieldman with a $5 donation says, finally caught one live. What are your guys' favorite running gags in a game? Hmm. Well, gags. I think the original running gag uh was it wasn't really a running gag was it but i I think of like the cow in earthworm gym uh oh yeah yeah that's right yeah uh, like early on in the game you launch a cow into space and the very mm -hmm. last thing that happens in the game is that the cow lands on someone yeah yeah that's right that's a that's <laughs> see that's pretty good and that's like a nice payoff for uh mm. for for people who've stuck around the entire time mm. um I always like, although you don't really find out why, there's the one guy in Red Dead Redemption 2 who's always looking for his friend Gavin. Yeah. You don't know who Gavin is. And I feel like it could be like a really sad ending or it just is a funny guy looking for Gavin. I do remember that guy looking for Gavin. Yeah. Also, just how Nintendo has always treated uh, Luigi. Seems to be a running gag right now. Hmm. Um, Luigi <laughs> just being a complete uh, fuck up older brother. So there you go. 
Uh, Ethan Alapa, thank you so much for the donation, says, what unintentionally funny moments are there in games? Uh, I mean, I think we talked about a lot of that, just stuff that comes through gameplay, um, mm. right? As we stuff say, that comes through yeah. physics or, you know, like yeah, after the, that. The little snake man, like, dangling off your ankle while you run across yeah. the bridge towards yeah, the seeing waters. How, seeing how far you can drag someone behind you. I wanted to yeah, do, um, a... remember when we were doing Uncivil War with Jim Sterling, one of the events I wanted to do was the Dark Souls who can drag a ragdoll the furthest. But that didn't end up being workable in the end. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think a lot of the a lot of the humor I remember in games comes from uh, sort of unscripted moments like that that happen just through play, and it can mm. be you know multiplayer, single player, anything like that. Um, okay, and then it looks like our final chat of the day from Jackson Jewel. Thank you so much. Says longtime fan Yahtzee. Finally got a chance to catch this live. Which of your books do you recommend reading first? Um, we'll save the galaxy for food, I guess. There you go. Look at that. Go read that. I'm <clears throat> supposed to be working on the third one at some point. <laughs> I haven't come back to it. Ah, you'll get to it eventually. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe when yeah. the, the baby's sleeping through the night. Uh -huh. There you go. <clears throat> full faith. Well, thank Christ that's over with. That's... <laughs> I'll shut up, Gatekeeper684. I will burn down your house with lemons, says Gabe Johnson. There you go. There you go. Thanks for the nomination for your favorite joke yeah. in the video game. And thanks for joining <laughs> us for slightly something else. Yeah. I was asked for sure. We have two updates. Oh, yes. First update is to check out the literal Escapist update, uh, the video that went up uh, yesterday. Let me put that in chat. Uh, check out that video. That's uh, a big uh, update that that Nick put together for all the big stuff we have coming up in the in the coming weeks slash months slash year. Uh, that includes uh, Darren's in the frame uh, video essay column coming back. Uh, two new series, uh, a revamped version of Snapshot, which is going to be kind of micro interviews along with Quest Log, which is a diary uh, series. Again, like all of our stuff, that's going to be live uh, one week early for early access members on YouTube. And then uh, nothing's going to be paywalled though. Everything's going to be eventually available for everyone and obviously the big part of that is the first uh, uh taste of adventure is nice season two mm. which is very exciting uh and speaking of yes. you guys are in the thick of recording and yes. and because it is a global coordination um the recording time for adventure is nigh is going to be dirt flat during this stream so we're gonna have to move like something else to mondays at the yes. very same time Yes, so from next week onwards, at least for the time for the time going forward, slightly yeah. something else will be on Mondays because mm -hmm. Tuesday is the only time all of us can get together to record Adventure is Nigh. It's a, been a massive pain in the arse, and mm -hmm. this is about the only solution we've found. So yep. sorry about that, but I'll see yeah. you for this next Monday. But before that, there'll be a new Zero mm -hmm. Punctuation on Wednesday, tomorrow, and a new post-CP stream, if my voice is still working. You can just uh, have a surrogate. It will be on the subject of Tunic, of all things. Now the AAAs Tunics. have died down. I've been catching up on the interesting indie stuff from earlier in the year. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Tunic. Well, you'll have to tune in tomorrow. What, have, I what will. else are you doing this? What else are you doing this week, Mary? Nothing. Never. Uh, I have nothing to do. Nothing. Uh, oh. Also, with a final uh, uh, pixel grip with a five dollar dono uh, donation, said first time I'm not at work during the stream, so I wanted to show my support. Thanks for all the great content; it helps get me through the workday. 
Ooh, uh, thank you. Got, got in there just before the closing line. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, no, check out uh, all of our regular stuff. Uh, we don't have a breakout tomorrow morning because Nick and I are both um, unavailable at that time. So there's no breakout tomorrow morning. But like Yahtzee said, post-CP in theory will be going on tomorrow. Add a new uh, extra punctuation on Thursday Yeah. for yeah. subscribers and on the Saturday. Absolutely. And then Casey and I will be continuing our Metal Gear Solid uh, playthrough on Thursday. And uh, yeah, just, just check out all of our amazing written content, all of our video content. You can follow me on Twitch at the name below. I've been streaming Link's Awakening, so all sorts of good stuff. And I think that'll be it. Okay. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Oh, See you guys on Monday for the next Slightly Something Else. Monday, same time. Toffee time. Mustn't forget toffee, toffee time. time. We'll give you double toffee time on Monday because of the change. Hello. I was asleep. <laughs> okay, that's all your toffee. That's all the toffee time you're getting. Perfect. He's not a he's not a fucking performing monkey for you assholes. <laughs> and come back in an hour. Hidden gems. Casey and uh, Jesse will be playing twenty XX. Oh yes, do that. The end. Bye. Bye all.